If you have your Bible, want to turn with me, Deuteronomy chapter 32. I'm not going to be real lengthy tonight. I have a thought that the Lord dropped into my spirit this week, and I just want to uh, take a few moments and, and dwell on it. Deuteronomy chapter 32, reading verse 11, it says, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. There was no strange God with him. I want to focus on that, that first verse and, and talk to you for just a few moments tonight from this subject. Lessons from an eagle. Lessons from an eagle. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? We love you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for the great grace of God. And Lord, as we gather together in this house on a Wednesday night for a, a Bible class, a life class, I'm asking, Lord, that you let the Word of God touch each and every heart and every life. Lord, help us, Lord, to grow in you, Lord, as we grow to become everything you've called us to be. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, would you say amen? Amen. I want to welcome Josh. Did I get it right? Praise God. I know I'm not good with names, Josh, but I'll get it. Thank you for coming out to worship with us tonight. Amen. That'll be all right. God wants what is best for you. He wants what's best for me. He wants be what's best for each and every one of us. We are his children, and he's looking out for us. He's, he's got our best interest at heart. Do you believe that? Amen. He's a blessing God. That's what he does. His first act after creating Adam and Eve was to bless them. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So he gives them a, a purpose. He gives them a calling. He gives them a, a, a job to do but before he gives them any of that he blesses them it's the very first thing he does because he's a blessing god i want to get it across for a few moments this morning that there's one thing that is forever settled god is on your side he's pulling for you amen I said, he wants to see you make it through. He has a vested interest in seeing you overcome. As a matter of fact, he's not beyond tipping the scales in your favor. Amen. He'll work for you. He'll fight your battles for you. If you'll walk with him, amen, he won't just be a companion. Amen. He'll go before you. He'll follow up behind you, and he'll surround you with his goodness and his mercy. We serve a blessing God. Amen. We serve a God who has our heart and our best interest at heart, who wants to see us succeed, that wants to see us make it, that wants to see us make heaven our home and overcome this world. Amen? Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 declares that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. I know sometimes it's hard to understand. Sometimes it's difficult to grasp, but God makes all things work together for good. Not just some things, not just some of the time, not just the convenient things, not just the easy things, not just the good things. He makes all things work 
together for good. That's the basic fundamental premise that each of us has to take on faith. Uh, we have to believe in, the, in our heart of hearts that God is directing our footsteps, that God is ordering our path, uh, that God is looking out for us, that he is aware of where we are and what we're going through. Uh, and his purpose uh, is inherently good. Uh, amen. I can't always see it. Uh, I can't always understand it. Uh, it doesn't always make sense to me. Uh, but his plan is perfect. Uh, amen. He has a plan for my life. Uh, and where I am uh, is not outside of that plan uh, if I'm walking with him. Come on. The Bible said the footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If I'm walking with him, uh, amen, I'm right where he wants me to be. He has a plan and a purpose. Uh, I may not be able to see it in all the chaos. Uh, I may not be able to see it in all the trouble and, and circumstances that have cropped up in my life, uh, but I have to take it on faith. Uh, amen. He makes everything work together for good. Amen. When I can't see him, he's working. When I can't feel him, he's working. When there's no evidence that he's there, He's working. Amen? No matter what's going on, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the lawyer says, no matter what the banker says, no matter what the Congress says, uh, no matter what the government says, uh, amen, he is there uh, and he is working uh, and he's bringing everything together for his divine purpose and plan. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. And his plan is good. It's perfect. Amen. One of these days we're going to stand in, a, in, in glory and we're going to look back uh, upon our lives and all the trouble and trial and tragedy and, and we're going to reflect on the fact that he knew what he was doing all along. Uh, amen. You don't have to understand it here. Uh, you don't have to understand it right now. Amen. It doesn't have to measure up and make sense to you. Uh, amen. You just got to take it on faith. Uh, God has my best interest at heart. Amen. With that in mind, it's important to also point out that life is not always easy. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be trouble that comes along. No matter who you are, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how long you've been in church, no matter how... how much work you've done for the kingdom or how involved you've been in the things of God, no matter how many times you've, you've turned to him and he's lifted you up and he's blessed you and he's encouraged you, I can promise you, amen, there's always going to be trouble, there's always going to be trial, there's always going to be tragedy, there's always going to be circumstances uh, that are beyond your control, amen? The writer of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11 said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But watch this. Time and chance happeneth to them all. Amen. It doesn't matter whether you're great or small. It doesn't matter whether you're strong or weak. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter what, what you have going for you or what is against you. Time and chance, uh, circumstance happens to everyone. Amen. It says it another way in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45. It says that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil 
and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You got to understand, sunshine, sunshine's a blessing. That's a good thing. We could use some of it right now. Amen. And rain is is the opposite end of that spectrum. That's that's the that's the, the you can't see the sun anymore. It's it's depressing. It's unless you've got a good book and a fireplace to curl up next to. Amen. Rain can be awfully depressing. Amen. But what the, the concept that he's trying to get across is not that sunshine is good and rain is bad. It's that when the sun shines, it shines on both the evil and the good. And when it rains, it rains on both the just and the unjust. Time and circumstance, life happens to everyone. The difference in between me uh, walking with God and someone who is not walking with God is not that God directs my path in such a way that I always walk in sunshine. No, my friend, that's not the case. Uh, Amen. I'm going to walk through trial and trouble and tragedy and circumstances uh, that uh, rise up against me. The difference is uh, that I have that firm, settled confidence uh, that he that is in me uh, is greater than he that is against me. He makes all things work together for good. Amen. That's what my faith has to lay. I can't always see it. Amen. But even when I don't see it, I have to believe it. I can't always understand it. But even when it's beyond my understanding, I've got to have faith to believe. I I don't know how you're going to work it out. I don't know how you're going to bring it together, Lord. But you make everything beautiful in your season. Uh, You make everything good uh, in the fullness of your time. Uh, I trust you, Jesus. Amen. Moses was reflecting on this condition of humanity and he perhaps saw an eagle in her nest. I don't know exactly the context in which the Spirit spoke these scriptures into Moses' mind, but he compares the way that God deals with us with the way that an eagle deals with her young. It has to be a traumatic thing. The the little eaglets are born and they're hatched out of the eggs and they're they're nurtured and cared for and mama makes that that nest as comfortable as she can make it. She lines it. She plucks feathers from her own body to line that nest that's made of sticks. So those eaglets have a comfortable place. She, she provides them food. She watches over them. When it rains, she shelters them under her wings. When it's cold, they, they get next to her body heat. When the sun's beating down, she provides the shade for them. She's there for them to nurture them and to bring them along, and, and everything's good. Uh, and they begin to grow, and they, they, begin to, they begin to develop a little bit. And finally, the day comes when everything changes. It has to be a traumatic experience uh, when that eagle mother begins to take apart the nest. Uh, she begins to pull out the cushions. Uh, she begins to pull out those feathers that are there to, to and make what when you take out the feathers, what you get are the sharp edges of the sticks that are now it makes the bed uncomfortable. Amen? Amen. Let me go to your house and take the padding out of your mattress. Them springs don't feel so good. 
That's what she does. She begins to make it uncomfortable. She begins to make it uh, into a difficult situation. Uh, she begins to tear out everything that would, that would let them be complacent and comfortable where they are. I'm here to tell you today that God treats us sometimes like the eagle treats her young. He is a disturber in our life. Uh, amen. He brings about circumstances uh, that are there for the specific purpose uh, of keeping us from growing too complacent. Uh, amen. Your faith has to be exercised uh, in order for it to grow. Amen. When trouble comes along and problems crop up and situations arise in your life and you find yourself facing an obstacle that you just don't know how, know how to overcome, that doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. That doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. That doesn't mean that God is somehow mad at you. What it means is he's trying to get you in a place where you can grow. Amen? He's trying to create a certain sense of dissatisfaction. You see, the, the, the little eagle has to learn you can't stay in the nest forever. You can't stay in that, that nice, comfortable place forever. You've got to get out, and you've got to grow. And, and so even though he loves us just like we are, even though he loves us right where we are, even though he loves us exactly as we are, he will not leave us there. Uh, he won't leave us in that place uh, because he knows uh, what the mother eagle knows. Uh, there's greater potential in you than you recognize and you realize where you are right now. Amen? He's got a plan. And his plan is for his glory to shine through your life. Yeah, his plan is to take you places that you can't get to on your own. Amen. His plan is to bring you into situations where his goodness uh, and his mercy uh, and his grace uh, and his provision uh, shines through the fabric uh, of your life. So he makes you uncomfortable. Amen. Whenever the eagle begins to pluck the, the, the cushion out of the nest, it's a dangerous time. It, it's, it's a time that, that it creates a circumstance that could be detrimental to the baby eagle. It could be detrimental to its survival, but it is a necessary danger. Amen? I want you to understand trouble and trial is not designed to take you away from God. It's not designed to put distance in between you and God. Now, that's the way some people let it happen. Some people let trouble and trial and tragedy rise up in their life, and, and they, you, you, they, they start not showing up at church. They're not there Sunday. They're not there Wednesday. They're not, and so you call them. You say, hey, I, I'm missing you at church. I know, Pastor. I just got some stuff going on. And when I get it all worked out, I'll be back. That's not how trouble works. Amen? It's not there so you put distance in between you and God. It's there so you'll understand you need God. It's there so your faith can grow. But sometimes the reaction is to do exactly the opposite, to, to begin to uh, forsake those things that cause you to grow in your faith, prayer and, and church attendance and Bible study and worship uh, and spending time in his presence. So God knows that it's dangerous to put you in a difficult place. He knows that it's dangerous to put you in uncomfortable conditions, but you have to understand this. He'd rather risk you getting hurt in the process than have you left behind. He's willing to stand the trouble to bring you to the next level. He's willing to take the risk, if you will.
Because he knows what you don't know and what I don't know. That no matter what happens, he's able to bring you through. He understands. And so for God, it's not just random circumstance. I know I, I read the scripture from Ecclesiastes that time and chance happens to everyone, and that seems to have a sense of fatality to it, almost as if life is just random and you just got to go with the flow. But I want you to understand that for God, it's not random. It's not, it's not just a, a, you know, a roll of the dice and we'll see how it turns out. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Amen. When he disturbs your life, he does it on purpose. When trouble and trial and tragedy comes into your life and chaos and, and everything at work gets all messed up and everywhere you turn, it seems like the walls are pressing in on you. That's not an accident. Amen. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. He's working things out. He's not a destroyer. He is a developer. When God disturbs you, he's doing it so he can develop you. Give me back my, my, my text out of um, Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 11. Starts this way, the eagle stirs up the nest. That's a disturber. Then she flutters over her young. That word flutter is the Hebrew word rakaf. It means to flutter or to move or to shake. It's the same word that's used in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. That's probably a very familiar verse. You probably can quote it. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the of the waters that that moving that's the fluttering that's the same word being used in that context what it speaks of is god's creative power god stopping to consider the blueprint god seeing the end from the beginning god recognizing there's a plan look at it's without form it's void there's darkness it doesn't make any sense as you can't make any order out of it it's all chaos it's all messed up but then god begins to move and he begins to bring order out of chaos he begins to bring purpose out of that which seems to have no purpose he begins to work it all together for his good amen that's what it means when he said fluttering. She, she's taking care of them. She's watching over them. She, she recognizes there's a plan in what's happening, and, and it's unfolding, and she's comforting them, but she's putting them in a the place where they can grow. I want you to understand that God has a blueprint for your life, just like he has a blueprint for the universe, amen, just like he had a blueprint when he began to speak the world into existence. Uh, he had a plan. It existed in the mind of God, amen? Come on, John said, in the beginning was a word. The word was with God. The word was God. That word, word, is logos, Greek logos. It means thought or concept or idea or plan. And in verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. God had a plan. Revelation would say it this way. He was the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. When he laid the foundations of this planet, uh, he already had a plan for an old rugged cross. Uh, he already had a plan for a redeemer that would come. Uh, amen. We're redeemed, Peter said, uh, not with silver and gold, uh, but with the precious blood of a lamb. Uh, amen. Like a lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. Uh, God has a plan for your life. Amen. 
He wants to use you for his purpose. He wants to use you to further his kingdom. He wants to use you. Listen, God has a purpose for his church to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's your mission. That's my mission. Remember our theme this year. I am the church. Amen. I am the church, and my mission is the mission of Jesus Christ, uh, to seek and to save, to go out and bring the gospel. I, I don't have within me the power to save anybody, but I have within me the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul said in Romans 1 and 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. I don't have any power in me. I can't save anybody. But my friend, I know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, he came. Uh, he died. Uh, he was buried. Uh, he rose again on the third day. Uh, amen. Peter preached it in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. Uh, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, you got to repent. Uh, that's a way of dying. Uh, that's a way you identify with the cross. Uh, he said, you got to be baptized in the name uh, of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Uh, Paul would later say, uh, we're baptized into Christ. Uh, amen. We're buried with him in baptism. That's a way of identifying with his burial. Uh, and then he said, you will receive the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and this promises to you uh, and your children uh, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. Uh, amen. I'm telling you in this place right now, uh, amen, that that spirit uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, that comes to live in your life, uh, that's the resurrection and power of God. That's how you identify with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's a message that works. Listen, it'll work in any culture. It'll work in any circumstance. It'll work. It doesn't matter how messed up and sideways our culture gets. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ will work if you'll preach it. Amen? And so he has a plan for you. He wants to use you to further his purpose for the church. He's looking for prayer warriors. He's looking for somebody that can get on their knees in the presence of God and touch heaven uh, and pray down the glory of God. Uh, somebody who can change the very fabric of a situation without ever leaving their home. Uh, amen. Who can bend their knees in prayer under the unction of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God moves upon them and pray prayers that reach all the way around the world. Uh, that minister in dark countries of the uh, corners of the globe where, where the gospel of Jesus Christ has a hard time penetrating because governments rise up against it. Uh, but a prayer warrior can go. Amen? He's looking for those kind of people. He's looking to develop you and I into those kinds. He's looking for soul winners, disciple makers, people who will preach the gospel, who will reach out to the lost, uh, who will bring companions with them uh, to the to, to church, to, to Jesus, uh, to experience Jesus. Uh, he's looking for somebody uh, who will bring people into his presence. Uh, he's looking for worshipers. Amen? I am the church and I am a worshiper. That's what I that's my number one vocation. That's my primary calling. I am a worshiper. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people who allow him to work in them. And when God brings trouble, when God allows circumstances to enter your life, what he's doing is developing you so you can be those people. Does that make sense? He's allowing things to happen that will, listen, your faith has to be tested. 
before it can grow. I've told the story, and I won't tell the whole story of Harrison's birth, but he's 18 years old now, and 18 years ago when he was born with a congenital heart defect, they could have, by all accounts, the doctors should have killed him. But God worked. We were in the hospital for several weeks when he was six days old. They did heart surgery and corrected and repaired the immediate problem said that they would have to do other surgeries throughout the course of his life to continue to that repair. He's never had to have another surgery. Thankful for that. Amen. But in the middle of all that was probably the most trying circumstance I've ever been in my life. And and, I, and without telling the whole story, it, it doesn't start with Harrison. It actually culminates with Harrison. That young man was born two years and 23 days before his brother. And in that two-year period of time, he had surgery four or five times. I don't remember. The, is it five times, six times? He had surgery six times before he had his surgery was one of the most difficult periods. Now, I'm not talking about a, a, a bad month. I'm not even talking about a bad year. I'm talking about two years, two years and 23 days between their births. And then his surgery and all of that, we come home. The day we come home from the hospital with Harrison, I went back to work the very We came home on a Wednesday. We went to church that night because that's what we do. We go to church. Amen. And then on that Thursday, I drove my pickup truck to work in the motor uh, died. It threw a rod through the through the engine block. It was done. That's kind of that's not the kind of week I was having. That's not the kind of month I was having. That's the kind of couple of years I was having. But I want to tell you the absolute truth. If I can go back and change it all, I wouldn't change a thing. Because that's where I learned that I could trust him. That's where I learned that I could walk with him. That's where I learned that he was always going to be there. That when I reached my lowest low, uh, when I reached the bottom uh, of all of my resources, uh, when I got to the place that I, I laid on my face in the floor and said, God, I can't do this. Uh, I can't face this. Uh, I can't go through this. In that place, I found him still with me, providing for me, lifting me up, uh, encouraging me, and giving me the strength to put one foot in front of another. And today, I know I can trust him. Today, I know that no matter what tomorrow brings, and tomorrow may bring tragedy, tomorrow may bring uh, the most devastating situation I've ever faced, uh, but in whatever tomorrow brings, I go into tomorrow with a confidence that was developed in my time of trouble. I know he can. I know he will come through. I know I can trust him. He that promised is faithful. Amen? That's the point of trouble. He'll drive you to the edge. What that, what that mother eagle does is she gets that nest so uncomfortable that they begin to move around a little bit. They begin to exercise their abilities just a little bit. Then she begins to deconstruct the nest itself. She begins to take out the limbs. She begins to make it where it's not really safe. She pushes them to the edge, and then she pushes them off, and they begin to fall. Now, here's the thing. That little baby eagle has wings, but Brother Donnie, it's never used them. It's never had to use them. But there's something in the nature of that eagle, in the instinct 
that as it begins to fall through that cold mountain air, it begins frantically to flap its wings. That's the reason why she kicks the eagles out of the nest. They need to use their wings. They need to develop those muscles. they got muscles there. They've got coordination there. They've got the ability to fly. They just don't know it yet. Amen. They don't have any strength there yet. They don't have any ability there yet. They, the potential exists, uh, but they've never exercised it. Uh, but as they're falling through the air, they begin to flap their wings. Uh, they begin to learn how to coordinate those things together. Maybe when they start, it's a little cockwobble. It's a little sideways. And it's not quite right, uh, and it doesn't really slow down all that much. Uh, but as they're falling through the air, what they're doing is they're learning to use those wings. I want to tell you something. God will disturb you right into your destiny. He'll disturb you right into his plan and purpose for your life. Amen? Don't look at trouble and tragedy and, and just think, oh, it's a, this is just a, and one more valley i got to walk through. You need to understand God puts you here for a reason. He's trying to bring you to where he needs you to be, where you need to be. Amen? But that's not where the verse ends. It goes on, back to my, my text in Deuteronomy, it goes on and says that after stirring up the nest, after fluttering over her young, and after she's pushed them out of the nest, she spreads her wings, and she bears them on her wings. What happens is the mother sits in that nest, and she watches those little baby eagles fall. And she watches them try to use their wings. She watches them start to learn. And then she launches herself over the side of that nest down to where they are and she catches them before they can be hurt. Uh, I want you to understand something. God can always get to you faster than you can fall. It may not seem like it. It may seem like you're in free fall and you're doing everything you can to keep your head above water. It may seem like you're doing everything. And everything you're doing, you're beating the air, but it's not making any difference. Uh, amen. You're doing everything you know to do, uh, but it's not, it's not solving the problem. You're still falling. Uh, I want you to understand God can get to you faster than you can fall. And then when she comes down, she swoops under, she picks them up, she catches them, gathers them in her wings, and takes them back to the nest. It's got to be a, a feat of aerobics that, that is unmatched and unparalleled, but it, it's something that an eagle is able to do. Amen? Amen? Takes them back. Guess what mama does when she puts them back in the safety of the nest? Yeah, she let them rest a little bit, get the strength, and then she pushes them right back out. Why? Because they've got to learn to use those wings. And there's only one way to learn to use those wings. Uh, that's to get out there where the wings is all you have. I'm going to tell you something. God will put you in places uh, where the only thing you have is faith. Amen. God will put you in places uh, where the only thing you can turn to is Him. I told you a few weeks ago I, I, when I was in class in St. Louis, uh, we had a guest speaker who was a missionary retired missionary, 70-something years old. I've actually invited him to be with us in March. I'm not certain that he's going to be able to travel, but we're, we're discussing it, and it's a possibility he may be here. But he, he told our class after sharing story after story after story of the miraculous provision of God, somebody raised their hand and asked him, said, you know, w what does it take to see God move in that manner? He said, oh, that's... 
He may not have said it exactly this way, but that's easy. It's kind of what he implied. You've got to get to the place where you have no other resource. You've got to get to the place where you have nothing else to turn to. And when you get to that place, that's where he moves. The problem is we don't ever run out of resources because we put our confidence in ourselves. You know, we're busy trying to solve the problem. As long as I'm busy trying to, I'm just beating the air. But he's going to put me in places where I have no other choice but to trust him. Because that's where I learn to fly. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will will, will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I'm going to promise you, he's going to put you in places where your only recourse is to trust him, uh, but he's not going to put more on you than you can make it through. I'm going to tell you something. God trusts some of you more than you trust yourself. He knows what you can handle. He knows what he, can, what he can put on you. And he'll never put on you more than you can bear. Amen? It was probably an odd circumstance to the disciples, and I'm closing with this. Jesus insisted that they get in a boat and go to the other side. I'll meet you on the other side. And then he proceeded to send them into a storm. Disciples find themselves these now you gotta understand these are skilled fishermen. These are these are men who have made their living on the water. I always I always take the time to point this out because it's important. These are these are not men that are afraid of the water. They're not they're not they've seen storms. When these guys get scared, Brother Donnie, there's a reason. And they find themselves in the in the middle of the night in a storm that threatens to destroy them and their boat and they, they, they their heart seized with fear. You understand that the, the scene just before this, Jesus was feeding the multitude, breaking up the fishes and the loaves. They just seen the miraculous provision of God. They they know that that, that God is as a miracle worker. He's a provider. He's a way maker. Amen. But Jesus sends them into the storm because they need to learn it's not always going to be easy. And it's there in the storm that they see him come walking to them on the water. And at first they're maybe a little afraid of what they see on the water. And then they recognize Peter says, hey, that's Jesus. And then he cries out, said, Jesus, if it's you, Lord, bid me come to you. And the Lord says, come on out in the storm. Step on out on the water. Come on and walk to me. And Peter begins to do the impossible. He begins to walk on, you understand the storm, the, the waves are what worried him. Yeah, you just the right, hit the boat just the right way, coming across wise and it'll swamp that thing, you're going down before you can do anything about it. That's what worried him. The waves, it, the wind is ferocious. The, the lightning and thunder are, 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 are create the atmosphere. It's scary. But it's the waves that are the problem. But Jesus challenges him to get out of the boat and put his foot on the very thing that is so unstable.
and when his foot, I don't know how it works. I just know that all of a sudden that which is unstable becomes stable. All of a sudden that which is, that which has no substance holds up a man. And he begins to walk across the water to Jesus. He'd been all right if he'd never stopped to think about what he was doing. As long as he had his eyes on Jesus, as long as he was following the command of the Lord without hesitation with faith, he was perfectly fine. But then he began to think about the storm, the wind, and the waves. You know the story, and I'm not going to retell it in, in vast detail, but Peter begins to sink. He begins to fall. God's going to put you in places that will challenge your faith. He's going to put you in places that will challenge your trust. You're going to step out on faith, and, and you're going to find that that which seemed unstable is stable. You're going to find that you can walk where you didn't think you could walk, and, and you can go places you never thought you could go, and you can do things that you thought were beyond your ability. But in the middle of all that, even there, God's going to put you in places that challenge your faith. But when you start to fall, remember, you can't fall any faster than he can catch you. Amen. Reaches down and he picks Peter up out of the waves and he brings him back to the boat and he teaches him a lesson. What I'm telling you is that that mama eagle, she'll push them babies out of that nest as many times as it takes until they finally start to fly on their own. I just want to speak to somebody in this place, if you'd stand with me for just a few moments on a Wednesday night. It's a simple message. But I want you to understand that God has a purpose for the pain. He has a method to the madness. He has a, a reason for all the things that are going on in your life. And, and I know that sometimes we have a hard time working it out and figuring it out and making sense of it all. Amen. But what he's challenging you to do is simply trust him. He's in charge. He's taking care of it. And if you'll walk with him, he's going to bring you through. And when he brings you through, you're going to grow in your faith. Uh, amen. You're going you're to find a little bit of strength there that you didn't know you had. Uh, amen. You're going to have exercise your faith a little bit, and you're going to get a little confidence. Uh, amen. But when you get out of this situation, I can promise you this, honey. There's another one right over the corner, right around the corner, right over the next hill. Amen. There's another valley. There's another problem. There's another storm. Uh, because he's going to keep putting you out there. And and letting your faith grow. That's the only way you can become what he's called you to be. Amen. The little eagle has a greater purpose than to sit in a nest. Amen. It has to learn to fly. It's going to have to feed itself. It's got to learn to get out and do what only it can do. That's where Jesus is putting you. Why don't you take a moment tonight. I'm going to open these altars. And I ask Brother Ryan to come to the music. And for just a few moments on a Wednesday night, why don't you find a place of prayer? And why don't you turn your heart towards heaven again? And why don't you tell him, Lord Jesus, I don't have to understand. I trust you. I believe, God, that you, you, you've you got it all in the palm of your hand. I believe, God, that you've got it all under control. I believe, God, that you're working it out. I believe, God. And, and Lord, if, I, if I'm struggling with my faith, then help thou my unbelief. That's what the centurion said. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Uh, help me with my struggles and my doubts and my fears. Uh, I believe in this house on a Wednesday night. Uh, if you'll turn your heart to him. Uh, amen. There's a certain grace and confidence that comes 
person knowing you can trust him. Uh, and if you'll turn your heart to him, you're going to feel that presence of God begin to move in your life on a Wednesday night. He's going to begin to touch and work and move and strengthen you in your faith. Lord Jesus, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. Fear will paralyze you. Worry and doubt will grip you and hold you right where you are. But what God's doing is he's trying to challenge you to step out on faith and discover what he can do in your life. Why don't you tell him, Lord Jesus, I'm going to trust your process. I'm going to trust your process. I understand, God. There's a plan unfolding. I can't see it all. I understand, God, there's, there's a plan that it, it may not make sense to me, but I, I understand, God, you, you can see more than I can see. Your ways are above my ways. Your thoughts are above my thoughts. You, you've got a plan and a purpose that's beyond my capacity to grasp. And so, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. Uh, you show me where to put my foot, uh, and I'll take the next step. Uh, you lead me for the moment, uh, and I'll follow you one moment at a time. Uh, amen. I don't have to know the no plan. Uh, I don't have to know the end from the beginning. I, I don't have to know how it's all going to unfold, Lord. I'm just going to keep walking, uh, and I'm going to keep trusting you, uh, and I'm going to keep believing that you, Lord, are working it all together for your good. In Jesus' name. Why don't you turn it over to him right now?